Today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. God responded to David. He gave him the direction that he needed to go. And again, like I said, David obeyed that direction. And we can pray and we can ask God for the direction. And when God gives you the direction, I would encourage you to obey it. If God has given you that word, which I truly believe that he will, because the Bible says if you seek God, he will reveal himself to you. So God is going to come through with your direction. He's going to come through. As Pastor Eric continues his teaching series through the book of 1 Samuel, he'll be reminding us that God desires to answer our prayers when we pray according to his will. David asked the Lord for direction, and God answered his prayer. But it was up to David to actually walk in the right direction. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for today's edition of Grace to the Hearers. That's what supplication is, is a heart of humility asking God, coming to him, not with a prideful heart, but a heart of humility, coming before him and asking him, Lord, what shall I do in this situation? Not looking for our own gain, but we are, we're coming and we are sitting and we are sitting at the feet of Jesus because we want his knowledge. We want his knowledge. David was a humble, he was a humble man. David ex- expresses humility by going to the Lord. Not going to man, but he is humble and he's going to say, you know what, instead of me trying to figure this out, I'm going to ask God. I'm going to ask him what I should do. How many times, though, do we just jump the gun and we say, this is what we do based on our experiences, based on our knowledge. We say, this is how we fix the problem. This is what we should do. This is what Joe did over there. You know, not Joe in the back, but Joe, you know, this is what, this is what he did, so it must work for me. But instead, look at the example that God has given us through David. David prayed. He went to the Lord. He was humble. He asked them, God, what shall I do? It wasn't for his gain, but it was for the concern of the people in Kalah. His heart was for them. Are your prayers done in a heart of humility? Are your prayers done in a heart of humility? Or are they coming from a prideful heart? When you're praying to God, are they concerning your prayers only concerning yourself? Or is it coming because you have a heart of humility? In the New Testament, the word pray can hold two meanings. The first one, as we see, is make supplication. The second one is to wish. Now you're thinking, wait a minute, wish? God's not like a genie here, right? Well, wish. It's in the Bible. The meaning for pray in seven verses in the New Testament can be translated to wish. Let me tell you one of them. James 5.16, a verse that is used many times within the church. Many times this, this comes up, especially when people need healing. It says this, confess your trespasses to one another and pray, pray translated in the Greek to wish for one another that you may be healed the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Prayer in the second part of this verse goes to supplication, coming to God with a humble heart. So here in James, as he's writing, he's saying, pray to God and, and have this, this, this heart of wish to God that he can do the unexpected. Because healing is the unexpected, isn't it? Yes, it is. But when you pray, you're coming with a heart of humility supplication to God. 
The word pray here in the Greek is euhomai, euhomai. And this word means to pray. Pray to God, wish to God. The word wish in our English dictionary is this, to have a feel or express strong hope for something that is not easily attainable. That is what the word wish means. So then you look at the context of this verse. It says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. This is the unexpected. This is the, this is the what is it? The, the not easily attainable prayer. Because this is an act of God. We need his power to come and heal. Do you see that? And so it's that, that hope, that strong hope that God is going to do something that is not easily attainable. Many of our prayers, I, would, I, I feel safe to say, fall under the Yuhamai category. Would you agree? In a sense that wish we're, we're, in the situation that we're facing, we think that is, it cannot be attainable. And so we're crying out to God. We're using the yuhamai. But is it backed up with supplication? A heart of humility. A heart of humility. James 5.16, he goes on and says that the fervent man, a prayer of a righteous man avails much. James is stating that you can wish to God because of the fervent supplication of a righteous man avails much. That heart of humility, that fervent humility, humble heart, that fervent humble heart of a righteous man avails much. So where is the power at? It is in the heart, the humble, the humbleness, relying on God, seeking his glory, his power, not for your own pride, but you have your heart upon God and what he's going to do in the situation. You're seeking his will, his will to be done. So I have no problem praying over somebody who has not able to walk or has a sickness that they say that doctors don't know how to cure it. Well, let's pray for you. Let's pray right now in the name of Jesus because there is power in his name. And he can achieve the unexpected, the unattainable. God can come through with that for his glory, for his name. You can feel and express strong hope to God when it, for when the situation seems impossible. But as you pray, pray with a heart of humility. Pray with a humble heart. Because the Bible says that the humble prayer of a righteous man avails much. Righteousness meaning one who obeys the ways of God. One who is approved by God. Well, how do I become righteous? How do I become approved before God then? If a righteous prayer avails much, if a righteous man's prayer avails much, how do I become righteous? Through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus. Jesus came to take away your iniquity, to, take, to cleanse you, to forgive you. And in God's eyes, you are righteous because he sees his son, Jesus Christ. Your righteous prayer is not coming from you. It's coming from Jesus, the righteous Savior. The Bible says this, with God, all things are possible. And as we have been learning on Sunday mornings, Jesus is God. Jesus is God. 
So here, the righteousness, Jesus Christ, nothing is impossible for him. Nothing is impossible for Jesus. But Jesus living in and through us, meaning that he can perform the impossible through you. Not by your power, but by him. To him be the glory. To him that's doing the work. Not us. We're just the vessels. But it takes that boldness. It takes that heart to just have the heart of humility, have the heart of Christ, and look out and pray for others, longing for them to see the glory of God through Jesus Christ. The great thing is, is when you and I pray, God hears our prayers. I love that. God hears our prayers. And in extreme hope prayers, right? Jesus thanked the Father for hearing his prayer. Remember John chapter 11? Remember John 11? Do you remember this, what happened in John 11? Lazarus, come forth from the dead. If that's not the unattainable, I don't know what is. Four days in the tomb, dead, and Jesus is crying out for him to rise up and come out. And then he thanked God before he called him because he says, God, I know you've heard my prayer. And here he is. Boom. The impossible, but yet possible with God. Jesus said this in John 15, 7, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Desire in this verse meaning wish. It's the same Greek word, wish. Whatever you wish. Now, you're thinking, oh, that's sweet. I wish for a new car. Yeah. With a humble heart. Not a prideful heart. What, with a humble heart. One that seeks the will of God. One who is desiring God be glorified. As Jesus prayed in the garden right before he was arrested, he prayed supplication. He says, Father, if it is your will, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will be done. Not my will, but yours be done. I'm sorry. Let me reread it. For if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus could have easily gone back to what he said to the disciples by saying, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. He could have said, you know what? I don't want to die on the cross. But Jesus prayed with a heart of humility, a heart of supplication. Not my will be done, but your will be done. And God's will was for him to go to the cross. And praise God that he did. Because I needed Jesus to go to the cross. Because I needed forgiveness. Just as everyone needs that forgiveness. Jesus prayed with a humble heart. Again, not seeking his own will. May that be our hearts when we pray to God. The second area that we can inquire of the Lord is through his word. We can receive God's instruction by reading the word of God. And there have been many times uh, when I pray and God responds to me through his word. Has that happened to you? When you're praying for an answer, what shall I do? And then you're in your daily devotion and you read and you're like, whoa, there it is. There's the answer. God answers through his word, oftentimes. Oftentimes, he, he comes through through his words. God's word is described like this in Psalm 119. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. 
When you need to know what to do in a situation, you can always rely on the Word of God to guide you in the direction that you need to go. As the psalmist wrote, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. When you need to know where to go, the Word of God will be a light to your path. I can't repeat that enough. <laughs> a light to your path. This past week, I, I had the great privilege, last Wednesday night to Saturday, I was in Nebraska. I, I had the great pri privilege to go to a pastor's conference. And there was a guy from Madison, Wisconsin, and uh, he, man, he had long hair, he was super tall, and he's like, he sat down behind the pulpit because he, the, the pastor of the church was short like me, and so his pulpit was lower to the ground, and so this dude was been like way up here. And so he sat down, and it still looked like he was standing, right? <laughs> And so he's sitting down, and he's like, yeah, our radio program, we, we have the, you know, the ministry go out on the radio program, and people come in, and they're like, man, you sound just like Tommy Chong, man. You know, and he's just got that hippie voice, and he's like, oh, great, that's what I sound like is Tommy Chong, you know, just, it, he's like, it's crazy, man. And uh, I loved what he said, though. Let's get to the point. I love what he said. He said this. When people come to him and say, Pastor, what shall I do? What shall I do? You know what his response is? And this is classic, so I'm going to adopt this. So you guys are going to hear it from me now. Who cares what I think? What does the Bible say? <laughs> Who cares what I think? What does the Bible say? And I'm like, that's brilliant. <laughs> because I'm just a man. But God is the ultimate authority. I, I love this because it points people to the ultimate authority, which is God. I say authority because of what Jesus said in Matthew 28. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now, you might be thinking, why is he saying that? All? Yeah, he's referring to Jesus. Well, if you've been joining us on Sunday mornings, John 1.1, 1, 1, who's the word? Jesus. John 1.1, 1, 1, John 1.12, 1, Jesus is the word. Therefore, the word of God has all authority, all authority in heaven and on earth, because Jesus is the word. Therefore, the Word of God has all authority. By going to the Word of God, you, my friends, my family, are going to the ultimate authority. And so whenever you come to me, be prepared. Pastor, what shall I do? Well, what does the Word of God say? And that's what you shall do. You have a choice to do it, but that's what I'm going to point you to. Finally, we see that David was obedient to God. He, had the, he, he, he heard the Lord, but yet his men said to him, look, we're afraid. We're afraid. How much more are we going to be afraid if we go to the fight the Philistines? David had a choice to side with man or be obedient to what God had told him to do. In the eyes of man, this is a crazy act, crazy act to go fight the Philistines. Especially when your army is not supportive. But David was obedient. He was obedient to God. And what God had told him, he had faith and he had total trust in what God had said. And he was obedient and he moved forward. Now, as we have seen, 
God should be the one that we go to for our direction. We have seen in our text that God will respond. God responded to David. He gave him the direction that he needed to go. And again, like I said, David obeyed that direction. And we can pray and we can ask God for the direction. And when God gives you the direction, I would encourage you to obey it. If God has given you that word, which I truly believe that he will, because the Bible says if you seek God, he will reveal himself to you. So God is going to come through with your direction. He's going to come through. But it's up to you if you're going to obey it. You can get his opinion with the direction that you need to go. And you can be like, hmm, seems scary. Don't really want to do that. Google. Yeah, that seems a little bit easier. Well, it's not going to work out. God's ways will work out. Because he knows all things. Remember, he has all knowledge. Even when you asked the second time, David was, <laughs> he heard from the Lord, but yet he heard from man. And he's like, yeah, should I really go, God? Yes, go. He, God was gracious with David. And David's response was obedient to the Lord in spite the fear that was in the men. Here's something to remember. Do not be afraid to obey. Do not be afraid to obey in the direction that the Lord is leading you. That's a good word for me as well. Because oftentimes I can be afraid. But here the Lord has really confirmed just more to me that I not be afraid in the direction that he's leading me. No matter what man thinks, no matter what people are, are saying on the outside, if God is leading, be obedient to God. Be obedient to him. And you will be blessed. So as you seek the Lord through prayer and through the word of God, the direction that you are seeking will be found. I really believe that. It will be found. And in the midst of the direction, we keep our eyes on Jesus. This is where Proverbs 3 comes into play. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. This is where Roman, or Proverbs 3 comes into play because God has shown himself. He has given you the direction. Now it comes down to trust. Oh, this is the hard part. Trust. Are you, was that me? Was that the, a burrito that I ate? Are you sure that was the Lord? I truly believe a believer knows when God is speaking to them. I know you know it. My 10-year-old son knows it. Because <laughs> I say, you know when God's talking to you. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, Dad, I do. Okay. Remember, your ways are man's ways. Your ways are man's ways. But when God's ways are communicated to you, they are coming from a whole different dimension. They're coming from the heavenly realm. They're coming from a place where our minds can't even fathom what we can't even wrap around God's knowledge. They're coming from the heavenly realm. God's ways, my friends, are not going to be your ways. How do you know that, pastor? Well, because Bible tells us that. In Isaiah 55, 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. That's God speaking through the prophet Isaiah. 
And oftentimes, I've, I have a hard time comprehending God's ways. How about you guys? Do you have a hard time comprehending God's ways? It, it seems so out of the box and so just, man, that is crazy. You really you want us to walk through the Red Sea? Yes, I want you to walk through the Red Sea. You really want us to walk through the Jordan River? Yes, I do. And in fact, I want you to put a foot into the water and it'll come up to your waist. Really? It makes no sense. It's flooded here, God. My ways are not your ways. Walk. (laughs) He's given the direction. Are you going to be obedient? God said this to the children of Israel. In Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 through 14, God goes through and says, Blessed you will be if you are obedient. Blessed you will be if you are obedient. I would encourage you, go through. Even tonight, before bed, read chapter 28, verses 1 through 14. Because here is something to remember. You will be blessed by your obedience to God. You will be blessed by your obedience to God. So as we wrap up the first five verses, no matter the situations, no matter the decisions that are rough, hard, and seem stressful, you have two options. Man and God. Turn to God. Turn to God. Seek Him through prayer and through His Word. And God will respond. God will respond. And He will give you the direction that you need to go. Once you have that, be obedient. Follow the ways of the Lord. By doing so, you will be blessed, just as we see in our text that David was blessed. The Lord gave the victory to David and his men. Receiving God's direction, you can rest assured that it will be 100% perfect. God's direction, his understanding, his knowledge to the situation is going to be the right way. It's 100%. Well, how do you know that? Well, because God is perfect, the Bible says. He has no flaws. No flaws. Seems pretty awesome, huh? Man, I don't even know why I even entertain what man says. Therefore, my friends, find rest. Jesus said this, and we'll close with this. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Man, a great insight to knowing that God, God's ways will bring rest. God's direction, His knowledge will point you into the perfect will that He has for your life. Because God cares about you, God loves you, and He, has, he wants that relationship with you. So therefore, if it's small or if it's large, you can take all things to God because God has a plan and God wants to reveal that plan to you. But it's up to you to go to the Father, to ask. But remember, ask with a heart of humility. Well, that's all the time we have for today here on Grace to the Hearers with Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Don't forget to join us next time as we continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of 1 Samuel. Now, as we mentioned at the beginning of today's program, 
We'd like to make available to you a free copy of today's message. We can send you a copy of today's message on audio CD when you email us at info at gracetothehearers.com. That's info at gracetothehearers.com. Or you can listen to or download the message as originally recorded at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Just visit our website at gracetothehearers.com. If you can't get to your computer to download or place an order, you can always call us at 520-723-7047. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number to call is 520-723-7047. Again, we invite you to visit our website at gracetothehearers.com, where we provide helpful information about our beliefs, service times, and a convenient map to our church if you're in the Coolidge, Arizona area and would like to visit us. The Bible teaching that you hear each day on Grace to the Hearers is from the worship services at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. So, if you've been blessed by today's message, join us for worship. Grace to the Hearers is the radio ministry of Pastor Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Please join us next time as we continue our study through the book of 1 Samuel. That's next time on Grace to the Hearers. Grace to the Hearers